this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Welcome to Unapologetically Bold, I'm Not Sorry For. If you are a person that is tired of apologizing for being you, you know, the human part of you that sometimes feels like it has to be different at home versus work versus play, the human side that just wants to be hot, humble, open, and transparent about your wants, desires, and uniqueness. If you answered yes, this is for you. Join me, Emily Elrod, as I dive into conversations with amazing guests about what they are not sorry for in creative and loving ways. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to another Unapologetically Bold I'm Not Sorry For. And I am blessed today to have a good friend with me, Kelly. Welcome on, Kelly. Hey, thank you for having me, Emily. I'm very excited about this. This is going to be a great conversation. So me and Kelly met at CWLI, which is in Chattanooga. It's Chattanooga Women's Leadership Institute. She does some things for them and I've gotten really involved lately and just we clicked we have a lot of I say we're I don't want to be around people that are exactly like-minded like me but like-hearted we are like-hearted in a lot of the efforts and to care for other people so I'm excited for the listeners to get to hear your heart and get to hear from you today Uh, so to get started Kelly tell people a little bit about yourself if they don't know who you are All right. So Kelly Somerset, I'm a professional life and health coach. I've been doing it for over 10 years and and it's more of the, you know, just coaching and I coach women and, and I have, um, I've developed the signature class that I'm so excited about that. That's what I do now. Like I finally figured that out. It's like, maybe, maybe you remember like having your own business at the start and you're just kind of like trying to figure out like what, (laughs) what do I, what direction do I want? What, what makes the most sense? Right. So mind, body, sweat, that's my signature class now. And I love it. It's an eight week class and that's where I'm at now. So the show's called unapologetically bold. So Kelly, what are you no longer apologizing? for? <laughs> Believing my destructive thoughts. <laughs> so destructive thoughts, they happen for all of us, especially I found when I do the hardest work, they're the easiest to come, if that makes sense. Like, especially in my business, when I'm going out and being vulnerable, I'm going out and I'm doing things that scare the crap out of me. Yeah. I'm doing things that don't feel comfortable. Yeah. And if we don't control them or if we don't own them, they won't own us. So tell yeah. me a time whenever you first realized that, hey, it's okay to believe them and to do something about them and understand them. So when I was thinking about this, Emily, I was thinking about, okay, well, how am I going to explain, you know, not feeling sorry for my destructive thoughts? And, and I started playing it out in my mind because, you know, this was, this has been a minute, right? That I used to, I used to believe my destructive thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. And I had to kind of go back there in my mind. So what was interesting is that what I realized is that I never could be sorry because I always thought, and maybe, maybe you can relate, or maybe some of the listeners can relate for me back then. If I had a thought, if it entered into my head, it must've been my thought. Mm. Who else could it have been? It had to been mine. I needed to then give it a lot of time, care, and attention 
and and own it, right? Well, of course, mm -hmm. my thoughts were very destructive, and but I just thought it was me. I just thought that was who I was. I was a bad person who was never enough, and I was just this big, fat, lard ass, right? You know, just like, um, you know, all the, all the destructive things I would think about myself, right? Which obviously were not true, but I thought they were true. So it was very interesting where it never even occurred to me back then to even think to be sorry, because I just thought that was who I was. Mm -hmm. you, is that? Oh, no, that makes no sense. Yes. And that's, it's very important to address them, to analyze them, to believe, and that's the thing is to believe them for a minute, but to believe them so that you can see who owns them. Yeah. And so <laughs> when did you realize that this can help in the process of you? getting to your next level or getting to where you want to getting freedom. Really? That's for me is whenever I believe my destructive thoughts, which sounds very counterintuitive. It sounds very, and it's, it's believing the ones that you know that are right. And how can you adapt and overcome, or you may need to forgive and not forget, but forgive and, and get to the grace aspect of it. So talk about that for a minute um, when it comes to believing your thoughts. So I think where, where I realized that, oh my gosh, these are so destructive and they, and they had me paralyzed really. And, uh, I mean, I can tell you like, a, I'll try to like make it really quick, but it was when I, all of these destructive thoughts that I was believing that I had to hold it all together, that I had to do everything, that I had to control everything, that I needed to put my needs last, right? All of these destructive thoughts that shaped me. And just like how you said earlier, right? We feel our thinking, we are going to action on what we're thinking. We're going to get the results of what we're thinking. Well, I, my, the results that I was getting in my life were, oh my gosh. I mean, and then I crashed and and my marriage crashed, everything crashed. And um, so I asked for a divorce and it was the, the hardest time of my life, right? It was just like this huge discovery time. And as we know, right, it's these times when we are like at rock bottom, when we learn the most, we grow the most, we achieve the most, right? And even though when we're there, we don't feel like any of that is happening or will ever happen. Um, but I just remember back then I had a big, I had a lot of destructive thoughts about money even, right? So you think about it. I was asked, I asked for a divorce. I had my two small children. I was growing my business out from personal training to more life coaching. So like, i.e. not making very much money at all. I needed to figure out how I was going to earn money, how I was going to support me and my children. Um, all of this, right? And I had this big money story of like, you know, I can't earn money and and it was a mess. It was just a big fat mess, Emily. And and I re I remember I was working with a designer at the time about my logo. And everything was just a mess in my life. Everything was, you know, like I couldn't focus, right? All of my destructive thoughts were taking up all of my time, care, and energy, right? And I couldn't focus, everything was very fuzzy. It was like it was like walking around with like a shooken up snow globe, right? And I just you just couldn't see or focus or think clearly. And 
my designer said, okay, Kelly, you need to pick a design for your logo. And he gave me three pages of like single spaced, all these marks, right? And I just remember going to bed thinking, I can't deal with this. I can't, I can't focus on this. I don't know. And all of the, um, the other thing that was going on at the time, which is relative, is everything was breaking. So my coffee pot started caffeinating the counter. My ice maker broke uh, in my refrigerator. My microwave broke. And, and also, it was like, I feel like it was even that day, my washing machine, I was doing a load of laundry, and I hear it, I hear it beeping when it shouldn't have been beeping. And so I go in there and I kid you not, there is an error message flashing on the washing machine that had the code FU. FU, FU. That's like, you've got to be kidding me. And so it was just like this all big culmination of like, oh my gosh. And so I go to bed that night and and for once, I decided to think something differently. And I decided to say, how would I, how do I want things to go? How would I rather go through life? Because I was so frightened. I was so frightened to get anything fixed. I was so afraid that if I spent any money that I wouldn't have any money. I mean, I was a big mess. And for, but for whatever reason that night, I said, you know what I want? I want balanced prosperity. And I don't know, there was, I don't know why I thought of that. I don't know why I thought about those two words, but it really, it gave me a lot of peace. We feel our thinking, right? And I felt very calm thinking that, and I hadn't felt mm -hmm. that way in a long time. And, and I went to bed that night and I slept finally, right? Because I was so used to not sleeping because, mm -hmm. right, I was so focused in on all my thoughts and, and all the stress thoughts or worry thoughts. And I went to bed, slept good. I got up that next morning to look, okay. It's like, okay, I'm fresh. I'm ready to go. Balance prosperity still in my head. And I go to my office to look, you know, cause I still had to make a decision on my logo. And it was like, um, are you familiar with like the, the hot sign at Krispy Kreme where it flashes, uh -huh. right? Well, it jumped off the page, right? Mm -hmm of all those marks of all the pages um it's a k and it has like this circle around it. it's like a, it kind of reminds me of like a yin yang kind of thing and it's k for my kelly and and it just jumped off the page like the flashing crispy cream sign that said balanced prosperity right and i'm like oh my god that's it and that emily is when things just really started turning around for me i decided i was going to take my power back i was going to yeah. And then that was when I realized I'm not going to be sorry for any of this. I'm not going to be sorry for asking for a divorce. I'm not going to be sorry for all of the mess, right, that I was mm -hmm. in because I created the mess. Now I'm going to take my power back and I'm going to choose on purpose to be bolder, to be mm -hmm. unapologetic, to get my shit fixed. Right. And um, I got all my stuff fixed. And, and, and that was the turning point. And yeah, so I love it. And that's the thing now is that so many people can turn their mess into a bigger mess or they can turn their mess into a message. Yeah. You know, yeah. and the, 
from the science behind it, and my listeners know I nerd out about this all the time, but it's really interesting too, is how much whenever you let your thinking, your stress shut you down. So cortisol, they I call it the anger right. cover of the body. It literally shuts off your learning centers of your brain. It's where it, you can't be creative. You can't be innovative. And if you have choices, ah, screw that. Like, no, right. and then you add all these different layers. But I think the beauty of it too is understanding what got you there so you can get to the next level. Right. And understanding that these are the destructive patterns that I've done. And it's my choice to do something about it. It's my responsibility. So I'd love for you to maybe give some advice or invitation for knowledge on what people can do to take that those destructive thoughts and restruct them into something that can help you actually be better and be bolder. Right. And I think, yes, I mean, everything that you said is spot on. I think the first step is always got to be, you've got to even recognize that you're having them, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so many times, right? We're Teflon, or what is that saying? We're Velcro to the negative and Teflon mm -hmm. for the positive, right? And so paying attention, pausing, even setting your timer for you know, three, four times a day. Oh, what am I thinking right now? Where am I right now? Am I out into the future? Anytime that you're what ifing, you're worrying, you're stressing, you're typically not now. You're typically into next week or next year or, you know, COVID 33 or whatever, whatever it is, right? And so you've got to make sure that you're coming back to now. Oh, what would I like to think now? How would I no. like to choose on purpose now? You know, because, you know, if I've said it a thousand times, I've said it a million times, what you focus in on grows, where mm -hmm. your energy flows and what you're going to find evidence for. That's it. And it sounds so, so simple as we know, but to practice it, it is with effort at first and to pay attention. Where are my thoughts? Where am I? Um, in the future, you're going to be anxious. In the past, you're going to be depressed. So, but now, now it's pretty cool, right? Now. It's just me and you talking, right? Like the rest of the world is doing its thing, but we're right now, we're being present and that's a beautiful place to always be. Um, mm -hmm. So I and think it that's makes, a start. That's a start, right? Yeah, that's a that's an amazing start because it makes me think of the the saying that you can multitask, but you can't multifocus. Mm. And the thing is, is if I am focusing on other things, as you know, that I have puppies back there yeah. and I have a cow on the back porch. If I'm focusing and I have kids in the house, if I'm focusing on that, I'm not going to be able to give my all to the present right here. Right. And I'm going to be able to miss this. But how many people don't analyze their destructive thoughts or their destructive patterns and the validation they may need from maybe a cell phone? Or the likes and the comments that they need, or something that just keeps them feeling like they're whole. When it's not really present, you have the presence in front of you yeah. that you need to be taking advantage of. So I think it's extremely important to know. And and I, I want to dive a little bit deeper into that. In a form of mindfulness, what are some practices maybe that you do to be more present in the moment? Gosh, now, you know, that's... 
it's just how I've, I've learned to be really. Um, it's like with anything, right? Practice is we're going to get better practice. We're going to get better. And, and I think what's, what's interesting, like when I tell my clients in my class, this isn't going to take years for you to feel light years ahead of where you used to be. It just takes consistent effort. It can take, it takes consistent practice. Um, I think, uh, I don't know. I don't remember what I did to get to where I'm at today, you know? Um, but I do think like even just setting your timer and just, you know, where am I coming back to now? paying attention, paying attention to, you know, employing your senses, right? Oh, do I hear the birds? What does the wind feel like? Um, am I really focusing in on my spouse or my child or what I'm doing in, in this moment? Um, because this moment's always pretty darn cool when we, when we stop for a half a second mm -hmm. to evaluate it. And, um, my clients, when they get good at it, when they get good at being now, they, the thing that they tell me all the time is like, oh my gosh, I have added hours to my day because now I am not up in my head overthinking, worrying, stressing, having all of those destructive thoughts and all of those patterns. I'm not really doing that anymore. I'm catching myself very quickly, coming back to now and then choosing on purpose. How do I want to move through this? you know, the circumstance or this, you know, whatever I, this next task at hand, how do I want to move through it? Fully present. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and they've added hours to their day that I, I hear that so often, how much more productive and that's true. Right. When we can just be now and do that next task at hand. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We, My poor kids. I say, I tell them all the time because the distractions are so easy. Like just in general and, or they'll have something in their hand and I ask them to go do something. And it's just, I always say task at hand, task at hand, task at hand. Like my kids are going to be reciting that in their grave when yeah. I'm gone. But that is so important too, is that focusing on what can I do now? And it's a thing that baby steps. I've actually put a post out the other day about book recommendations and what people have talked about atomic habits and I'm, this is just me being me. I'm very anti-habit books because I feel like they're very like fluffy and very like, oh, if you do all this, your world's going to be amazing better. And you're going to be like this amazing person in like a day or two. Um, but come to find out, I still have not read the book, but I got a few synopsis. And it's something I've actually been saying for a while. One percent better. Just mm. being one percent better daily. It's not this crazy task where you have to like, climb a mountain in an hour it is actually just one step at a time it, yeah it is, um i love the brick by brick method it is just yeah. one brick by another brick to yeah. build the stadium or build the the yeah. whatever you want of your life your dream of your life but it's one yeah. at a time and it well, takes can a lot I nerd out with you on that oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that was the power of smalls, that was like my first philosophy, right? The small things that we do consistently add up to the big lasting results. And I think what's fascinating too about how we operate as humans is that any habit that we learn is just through the associations that we've made up with that habit. Um, 
the that that sensory experience that association and putting it on on repeat right and so when we want to learn a new habit we can't do it you know all all at once obviously because that's what shuts our brain down right that's mm. like overload it's like asking your 4 year old to go up who's never cleaned their room before and you go you go and you clean up your whole room and they look at you like you know, you're an alien. Uh -huh. And then a half hour later, you go upstairs and they're playing. They haven't done anything. And they're just like sitting there playing with their truck. And and we want to get frustrated. Um, but if we're good parents, we'll say, oh, I need to break it down. I need to break it down into like, like you said, that 1%. What is, okay, let's put the trucks away and come back down and 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 what's the next next task and so so yeah like one of the that that's a big thing that we talk about a lot is like doing habit change the right way <laughs> yeah. doing, doing it in these in the very very small increment and i always like to uh, encourage people call it an experiment right? right because i think that's another thing that trips our brain up is when we decide i need to i need to change my eating and it needs to be forever and I never can eat ice cream again, or I always need to be, you know, I need to go to the gym this many days a week, right? And then it's like so much overload and then our brain hates it. And and then our brain acts like a four-year-old and it throws a temper tantrum and it's like, no, I'm not gonna do any of it. And so I always encourage people, do it even for two to three weeks mm -hmm. and just call it an experiment and do one small thing and create that new association and repeat, repeat, repeat. And next thing you know, you've got like a, a beautiful new habit that you really have wanted for a very, very long time. You've just not known how to go about it the right way, right? Yes. So, yes. I mean, you and me, we could, um, <laughs> this could be a day long podcast. <laughs> it could, it could. I know we're getting close to our time, yeah. but I think that is important to note too, because again, it is a frustration for me. And I know it's a, has to be for you too, that whenever people give you those get quick fixes or some right. of those things that we hear and it just, I'm like, if you believe it's going to happen in a day, if you even believe it's going to happen in eight weeks, 10 weeks, like it takes, if it took you 20 years to get there, like it's going to take some time. And it's yeah. typically a lot of, you're going to fail. Mm -hmm. Like if you do it right the first time you did, it wasn't hard enough. Right. Right. And mm -hmm. that's a, and that's what I love that you call it an experiment because that's true, especially because I'm a science nerd. But that's what it is, is right. it, trial and error. You mm -hmm. are going to suck. You are going to fail. Mm -hmm. You will need accountability. You will need to make sure that your experiment is actually not having tons of variables into it as well. Right. Because that's what I see way, way too many times. And I've been in the wellness industry for a while. So. Mm -hmm. It's like, and it's not just, hey, we want to lose weight, which is one of my goals I cannot stand the most. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> scales, uh, I'm about to go on a little tangent, a little rant. But whenever you step on a scale, y'all, it eventually stops moving. So there's <laughs> pants that can tell you really good or your feelings. But the thing is, is like they'll want to eat right. They'll want to drink water. They'll want to sleep right. And like they want to do all these things. Yep. Yep. And when... In one goal, I'm like, y'all, that's not possible. Right. It's not realistic. Right. And here's the cool thing of how the body works. 
if you work on one, they're mutually reinforcing of the other. So sleep, right. food, mood, movement are all mutually reinforcing of each other. So we yeah. work on our sleep. Guess what? We feel better. Typically, we weren't going for our food. That makes uh -huh. us happy for dopamine releases. Right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. I love, I love that. Uh, absolutely. Right. Right. Fo right. Focus in on that one thing. Just like this morning, you know, hey, I'm raising my hand. I've been slacking and and whatever. I don't even judge that anymore. I just haven't I mean, been haven't been exercising consistently. And so I said, OK, well, this week, you know, I'm going to commit and I'm going to go back at it. And, you know, coming off of, you know, Thanksgiving. Right. Um, so it was it was some indulging going on. And what is today? Tuesday. So yesterday I still felt like it was still like indulging. Right. Uh -huh. And so I go downstairs to work out this morning and I come back and I'm like, now I feel I don't feel like I want to indulge. Right. I feel like I want to treat my body better because I went down and I exercised and I feel better about myself. I feel better about my body. Right. Mm -hmm. and it's, that's as simple as it gets. And that's. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, that's so true that. And, and I think, too, if we don't, going back to the beginning of believing your destructive thoughts, if you don't assess them, if you don't, at first, what I mean, and I think this is what you mean, too, by believing them, it's you don't grab in and you take them as your identity. It's just being aware that they're there. Would you agree to that? Yeah. I mean, we are thinking beings. We have whoever the experts are, say 60,000 thoughts a day. Right. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of times they're the same ones. But but we forget that we absolutely have all of the we hold the power. Right. We mm -hmm. can choose different ones. We can choose. Oh, this one makes me feel awful. This one makes me want to sit on the couch. This one makes me want to sleep. <laughs> well, or this one makes me sad. Well, how would I rather feel? What would what would the the result that I'd rather get? What is the action I'd rather take? Well, what thought corresponds with that, right? That's going to help us to keep moving forward and take action, right? So, so powerful. So people that are apologizing for believing uh, their destructive thoughts or even of viewing them or hearing them and seeing them, what would you tell them? That you do not have to be your thoughts. Absolutely not, right? Thoughts, your thoughts are optional, right? Just because you've thought something maybe for decades, which is typical, um, we can choose on purpose today to uplevel that thought, to make it make it a more useful, productive thought. You hold the power. Awesome. And so for people that want to reach out or learn more about you, where can they find you at? Um, mainly kellysomerset.com. And um, those are the two main ways. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining me today. And thank you for all that have listened. Y'all have an amazing and blessed day. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Unapologetically Bold. I'm not sorry for. If this touched you in any way, please like and subscribe and share with your friends as we continue the message of being unapologetically bold by being hot humans who are humble, open, and transparent. See you next time.